Hey guys, Ryan Dement, True Podcast. I hope you are having a great day. Another week and some craziness going on in the world. First, want to open up before anything. Those 13 service members, thank you for your service, your families. I, I send my condolences, my love. I'm sorry that you lost a loved one. They were protecting us in the United States, and I'm very thankful for that. And God rest their souls. It's it's tough. It, it, it's tough. We're we're polarized, but it's tough. Thank you for your service. And let's get to it. This week, it has been crazy. But last week, the CDC moratorium for evictions was overturned by the Supreme Court, which is, of course, controversial. But I'm here to talk about it's a little bit too late for renters and landlords. And you're going to say, huh, what? Yes, it's late for both. There's two things that happened here. One. Government got in the way and funded uh, or tried to fund renters' pocketbooks. And unfortunately, money went in wrong directions, which they ultimately had the ability to make payments to their landlord, which they chose not to because the federal government told them, stop paying your rent. You don't have to pay because of COVID-19. All wrong. Completely wrong. And then the other side, the landlords. The landlords really got screwed in this whole process. And when I say screwed, I mean screwed. You got majority of landlords out there, 80% nationwide, are small mom and pop landlords that have one or two units. They're using it to live off of, and they have fixed incomes. How they expect to continue to pay the mortgage on that property or the maintenance and the utilities, guess what? When the renters stop paying the utilities, guess who the utilities come after? Landlords. And the landlord has to now pay it. So now that renter is living there rent-free. So now the landlords have been screwed through this whole process because the federal government said, oh yeah, let us give you out $55 billion in rent assistance And as of the date of this recording, August 31st, 2021, less than $2.5 billion has been been moved out to landlords or to renters to get them back on their feet. So guess what? The moratorium being removed and taken out is too late. Landlords are selling houses at a loss, and renters are learning that they don't have to pay their rent going forward. So how many other bills are they not paying? So are we creating a generation of Americans to not pay their rent and their bills because of COVID-19? Now, you can be on either side of the fence of COVID-19, whether you get vaxxed or not. I honestly don't care. Your choice, your freedoms, none of my business. But when it comes down to teaching people how to pay their bills, the federal government is the last place you want to get that teaching from. Clearly, the federal government has screwed up a lot of things over the years. And now 
we have a generation of renters not making payment on their rents. And we have a generation of landlords losing their properties because we have renters not making payment instead of going out and actually making some type of payment towards the rent. They go out and buy things that they think they need like shoes and clothing and cars, computers, Xboxes, shit that you don't need. And guess what? It's caused a big riff in this country. And I'm here to say the CDC eviction moratorium being overturned just screwed this even more because now, in the end, mark my words, in the end, we're going to have anywhere between two and a half and four million evictions happen nationwide. And where are all those people going to go? The government can't keep propping up the system and say that it's going to work and then not do anything about it. It's failed. It's failed the citizens. And if we as United States citizens depend on the federal government for everything we do, we're not a republic anymore. We might as well become a nanny state. And we might as well become something other than the United States because there's nothing united about that whatsoever. Guys, I'm all about this is the land of dreams. It's the land of freedom. It's the land of getting your game on and, and succeeding and learning from your failures. But when you've got the federal government propping you up, you'll never get yourself out of the hole because you always have your hand out. The system will always keep you down. Until you make a decision to make a change and get away from the system, nothing will ever get better for you. And I'm here to say that if you want to argue with me, I'm all for it. I want to hear differing opinions. But I'm passionate about this because we've really screwed both sides of the equation with this. It doesn't matter if you're a renter or a landlord. Both sides are screwed. I know landlords that are in the hole for $50,000 because of rent not being paid. But then we have renters that were still employed, working from home, just stopped making payments. And guess what? Now they're like, ah, I don't have to. And now they're fighting evictions. Well, guess what? You're going to have to go to court and there's going to be discovery. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to find out that you have a job and you have assets and they're going to take those assets. And that just doesn't work. Why not have a conversation with the landlord and figure out what's going on and come to a conclusion that both sides win? What happened and what created this entitlement that we have in this in, in this society today, it's just out of control. And we have to get back to the roots of being able to communicate and have discussions and be able to come to some type of common ground. We don't need to be on one side or the other. It just doesn't work. And it's just causing more and more issues. And it's got to stop, guys. And that's why the CDC moratorium being overturned by the, by the Supreme Court is screwed both sides, landlords and renters. 
All right, guys. Literally, as I was doing content search, what popped up on my on my radar? Goldman Sachs: seven hundred fifty thousand households face eviction this year. Uh, this was published yesterday, the thirtieth of August, at six oh seven p.m. Eastern. It says roughly seven hundred fifty thousand households face eviction in the months ahead, in the wake of the Supreme Court ruling. Roll. I scroll down. The report estimated north of two hundred two point five million households are currently behind on rent with a tab for outstanding charges for landlords racking up billions of billions of dollars. Analysts say in the report that the strength of the housing and rental market suggests landlords will try to evict tenants who are delinquent on rent unless they obtain federal assistance. Well, duh, we kind of just talked about that. And lo and behold, here we are. So guys, this is just stupid because now we're going to displace a ton of people and there's not going to be enough housing for them to be uh excuse me enough housing for them to actually be back in another place so are we causing another issue or a housing shortage i don't know but i can tell you this it isn't going to be pretty because in the end run the federal government's going to have to prop this up and make everybody whole, which means you and I are going to pay for it in taxes. With this new spending bill that's out right, go, coming out right now, or they're going to pass a $3.5 trillion, they're now stating with that dollar amount plus what we have in outstanding debt, individually, not household, individually, we have $50,000 each of debt from the federal government. And guess where that's going to go, guys? Higher taxes. And that's not going to be pretty. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, it, no one wants to hear higher taxes. And that is going to slow things down. The economy's slowing down already. We, we have inflation, and that can be a, a whole nother subject all right guys weekly mortgage bankers association update they're saying as of august 22nd 3.25 percent of homes of homeowners are in forbearance still 1.6 million so from last week not much change but i do want to highlight something they're talking about they give you a breakdown of all the different types of loans that are in forbearance. You know, there's federally backed and then there's private and the, and they call these portfolio or PLS loans. And these are non federally backed loans. Um, These actually increased week over week from 7.15 to 7.18. I know it's not very much, but 7% of loans that are in forbearance for those portfolios is pretty high. But this doesn't include the homeowners that are not in forbearance that have never taken advantage of it because their loan wasn't backed by the federal government and they can still be delinquent. They could be they also could be current too. But this doesn't equate that this doesn't give you the full equation because these individuals are not in these numbers. So how many delinquent homeowners do you have out there that are not in forbearance? 
we'll dig into that number in a little bit. So the next piece that I saw that I really wanted to talk a little bit about, and it goes back to deferment and forbearance, a tsunami of deferred debt is about to hit homeowners no longer protected by the foreclosure moratorium. And this is from the Washington Post. And they're basically stating 1.8 million homeowners still in forbearance as, as the safety net is removed. About a fifth of them will not be able to extend their forbearance past September. And among all homeowners, 1.5 million are 90 days or more behind on their mortgage payments, but not in foreclosure. So now they're saying of that 1.6, 1.5 are past due. Let me read that again. Among all homeowners, 1.5 million are 90 days or more past due on their mortgage payments, but not in foreclosure. See how that number comes into play? There's 1.6 that are in forbearance, but you got another 1.5 that are sitting out there that are not in forbearance that are 90 days past due, which means foreclosure. A lot of these homes could be sold and the the homeowner could actually make a few dollars or break even to where they don't lose anything. They're not it's not like the last downturn in two thousand six to where houses were just deluged and underwater. They actually have some equity. But this equity is also somewhat propped up and as the market starts cooling the prices or medium sales prices of homes on the market are, is continuing to go down. So if these individuals do not sell their properties quickly, they will find themselves on the other side of that number to where they're going to actually lose money if they sell their property. So they'll be stuck in a very precarious situation. And they also say further down, uh, those who are forced, who aren't forced out will be displaced if selling, sorry, those who aren't forced out will still be displaced if selling is their only option. And an estimated one in 10 borrowers in forbearance will not have enough equity to sell. Now they're only, now they're only focused on forbearance, one in 10. So what is that number for the 1.5 million that are not in forbearance, how many of those are going to be underwater? Um, and then they talk about some city stuff. And they really don't, they really don't have anything else. Oh, lower down, look at this. So, they quote the census household pulse survey that we talked about last week showed that although the percentage of homeowners surveyed who were behind on their mortgage has declined from 7.8% in the peak in mid-December to 47 in early July, the, sh the share of delinquent homeowners who experienced a loss of income due to unemployment has increased 14.5%. The number is even higher among those who reported they used money saved from any missed or deferred payments to meet spending needs at 18.8%. As of July 22nd, 40% of borrowers remaining in forbearance have Federally Housing Administration, FHA, or the VA. FHA borrowers are typically first-time borrowers and blah, 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 and they go on and on and on. I'm going to stop there. But 
So now we've uncovered 1.5 million additional homeowners that are not covered by a federally backed mortgage. Now we need to find out how many of those uh, are in the in the foreclosure process. I, I just I just think, guys, from from this standpoint, we have a little we have a bigger wave coming than we we think, and if we don't get our hands around it and understand what the the volume looks like, one and two, how to plug the dam not with bubble gum or band aids. Actually, with real, you know, real live dollars, whether it be federally funded or not, or or whatever the case is, if we don't do something about it, you know, we could have two and a half to four million homeowners. And hold on, that doesn't include renters being evicted. So if we take the the one point five here, plus the two to four million that could actually be evicted for rental assistance being missed then guess what we literally could have anywhere between four and six million families being displaced and the housing market can't absorb that because we don't have enough housing to to put these people in one and two after these people get evicted Landlords are not going to want to put them into their properties unless they put a significant amount of money down and protect them from them going bad on them also. We've got a problem coming, and I don't want to call it a tsunami, but it is starting to become a bigger wave that if we don't start getting in front of and start talking about, there will be problems. And that problem will be, where do we put all these people that are displaced, that have been evicted or foreclosed on? There's only so much you can actually do when you, when you prop the system up with federally funded money or state money and expect the system to work. You have another thing coming because the federal and state governments can't fix everything. It has to come from the natural economy. Sometimes things do fall by the wayside, and sometimes things have to go through a cleansing. And that is a correction. And if people say the housing market can only go north and never go south, they're crazy because it's the law of supply and demand. Things will change. Things will turn around. Things will unfortunately go south for a while when it comes to evictions and forbearances. Just like lumber, lumber spiked at 1711. Now we're down to 475 or 478 as of today. I don't know off the top of my head what it is, but it's somewhere in the 470 range. It'll correct itself again, and then we'll have another buying season, and it'll go back up again. What it goes back up to, I don't know. No one knows. But I can tell you this, we will have a housing challenge coming down the road when these evictions start happening. There's not enough money out there to hold the tide from hitting the shores and we need to do something about it. We got to better educate people. We've got to learn not to depend on the federal and state governments. 
and we have to be better at communicating with one another. I don't know how many times I can say that. Communicate, communicate, communicate. All right, guys. That's it for this week. A little bit of a rant. Thanks for hanging in there. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Stay safe out there, guys. Be open to communicate. Talk to other people. Let's be human again. Let's be citizens of the world. Let's be able to get along with one another. And let's start turning this tide. Until next time, guys, stay safe. I'll see you guys on the other side.